I'd like to invite, invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm beginning a new series of messages for the next several weeks and uh, the month of the summer months. And I've titled my series, Godly Principles for Godly Living. And um, we're coming to one of the major principles, I believe, that the Bible teaches us as believers. And that is stewardship. And that is of giving. Giving oneself, giving uh, one's, not only one's talent, but one's ties. And certainly realizing the responsibility that God has given to us. Now I know the I know churches. Churches are a lot like hotels. When a pastor gets up and starts talking about money, some people start checking out. I don't want you to check out on me this morning. I've titled my message today, I can hardly wait to pass the plate. You say, Pastor, that that don't sound logical. Oh, I think it is logical and I think it is biblical. And so the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And there's something about giving that demonstrates the love and the grace of God probably more so than any other thing that you could possibly do. The Apostle Paul was not ashamed to talk about money. He was not ashamed to talk about giving. I know there are sometimes people say, Pastor, all you ever do is talk about money or you talk about giving. Well, you know if you've been here long enough, that's not true. I do not do that very often. In fact, I probably don't preach on giving as much as I should. But the Bible talks about that I have a responsibility as a pastor as well as a believer in when it comes to this matter of giving. And so I want us to look at that for a few moments this morning. So with your Bibles open, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to begin reading in verses 1 through 8. So would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's precious, infallible, inerrant word of God. Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know your willingness about which I boast to you to the Macedonians that Achaia was ready a year ago. Your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Did you hear that verse of Scripture? Let's let's read a certain portion of it. It says, And prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity, 
and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he has purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I have that underlined in my Bible. If you don't have it underlined in your Bible, I encourage you right now, take a pen and put a line underneath it or to highlight it. God loves a cheerful giver. I don't know of anybody as a child of God does not want the love of God. And I don't know of any child of God that's in the will of God that does not want God to be pleased with them. Well, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Father, I thank you so much for your word and for how you have spoken to our hearts and for the way that you operate and move in our lives. I thank you, dear Lord, that we have the opportunity to give and you have given us a tremendous demonstration how to go about giving. And so, Father, I pray that today that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, challenge us, and Lord, stretch us to the point of where we may give sacrificially and it be for the glory and for the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I read an article the other day, and I thought it was interesting The title of the article was Cirrhosis of the Giver. (laughs) And the article went something like this. The cirrhosis of the giver was discovered 34 A.D. by two people. Their name was Ananias and Sapphira. And there was a malady that had come upon the church body. This malady was is that there was an acute condition that renders the patient's hand immobile when it comes time for taking up an offering. And they said, but there is a cure. And the cure is either salvation or revival. Said so it was interesting that this malady has never been found in the golf shop. It's never been found at the restaurant. It's never been found at the shopping mall. The only time it has ever been found is in the church. And this malady has become a major, major problem within the local body of the church. And so, God has chosen to use you and me to carry out the operation of the body of Christ. We come together as a church. We come together as a body of believers. 
We come together to fulfill the purpose of worshiping the Lord, but also serving the Lord. Now, we understand as we serve the Lord that it takes what we know of as money today. Now, money is something that we all have come in com- uh, contact with. It's a common situation that we all experience. Somehow, not enough. Some come to a point in place of where at the end of the month that they don't have enough to fulfill the responsibilities. And there are some reasons for that. And we'll get into that later on. But the Apostle Paul shares with us something very important here. Acts chapter 20 Verse 35, Jesus said, the Lord Jesus, that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We're in a world today that the idea is to get. Get, get, get. And the more you get, the better you are. It's not the idea of giving, giving, giving. That is something that is contrary to the world, is contrary to the whole human nature of mankind. The Apostle Paul, as he was dealing with the church of Corinth, he was dealing with the same situation that we deal with even in our day and time. This chapter here shows us how we ought to give But it also shows me as a pastor how to encourage our church to give and the way that we should do it in a manner that would be pleasing unto the Lord. There are several things that I want to remind you as we study this passage of Scripture. First of all, he talks about the reminder of their giving. In verse 1, That's, this is exactly what I'm doing to you today. I am reminding you of your responsibilities and my responsibilities of giving. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us over in the book of Malachi, that we are to bring our tithes and our offerings unto the Lord. Our tithe is our first 10% of our income should come directly to the Lord's house and that we bring it to the Lord's house that we might be able to distribute in a manner that would be pleasing unto the Lord. Now, I must be honest with you. When it comes down time to vacation months, it it really scares me as a pastor. Because what happens is a lot of people will go on vacation, but they will go on vacation with their tithes and their offerings. And they will not bring their tithes and their offerings to the church. I must remind you that you have a responsibility 52 weeks out of the year or 12 months out of the year that you have a responsibility that God has placed upon you as a believer to bring your tithes and your offerings to the Lord. So here's what the church of, of Corinth is being reminded of. As you go back and study the context of this passage of Scripture, it shows that the church of Jerusalem was having, they had fallen on some hard economical times. And the church of Corinth had come alongside them and had promised that they were going to take up an offering among the congregation, and to be able to go and to send it to Jerusalem and to help them financially. In other words, what they did, they made a pledge. They had said, Lord, we recognize we have a responsibility. When I began to realize that, 
that begins to tell me that when there is a need within the congregation, we are to be reminded of that need. A lot of times in our churches, out of sight, out of mind. A lot of times you may not even realize of all that goes in involved in taking care of the responsibilities of this church. And I just want to share with you for a few moments from my heart and from our need as a church. Our church right now, if you'll notice, last Sunday we probably had one of the lowest offerings we've had in the history of our church. $15,000. That was one of the lowest. Oh, that's almost half of what our needs are. You're saying, Pastor, are you rebuking us? I'm not rebuking you. I'm coming to you out of love. I'm coming to you as your pastor. I'm coming to you as one out of concern. I know, you know, we've got this thing with the uh, dominion power. They don't care whether you pay your tithes and, uh, and offerings or not. At the end of the month, they send us a bill. And this bill runs as high as five and six thousand dollars a month. Man, you say, man, that's a, that's a pretty expensive power bill. You're absolutely right. If you consider of all the buildings that we have, you'll consider all the air conditions that we have, you consider all that it makes up that runs this church electrically, you begin to realize this is a big building and it takes a lot of expense. And it, and it, it I mean, it, it brings with it a lot of expense. And so he's talking about here, that I want to remind you. I want to remind you of your responsibility of giving. Now, I don't believe in browbeating. I don't believe in, 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 in beating you over the head and telling you that you've got to do this and you got, I don't believe in that. So it reminds me about this story one time. There was the, this particular church was in a building program. And they had a very wealthy individual within that congregation and he wouldn't give a dime. And it was upsetting the pastor. And he shared it with a group of men and uh, the deacons. And so one of the guys didn't have a lot of education, but he said, Pastor, he said, uh, if you let me have uh, a piece of paper with the church letterhead on it, he said, I will solve that problem. He said, I'll promise you that that man will give and he will become more faithful than ever. Well, it wasn't but about two weeks later that he gets a certified, uh, uh, a certified envelope in the mail. In it, it had a $100,000 check. And then it had, had this particular uh, note underneath it. It says, Pastor, I want to give $100,000. coming from this wealthy individual that he was trying to reach. And it said something like this, P.S., he says, I want you to remind your secretary that there's only one T in dirty and there's no C's in skunks. <laughs> Some of you didn't get it, did you? <laughs> but anyway, what I am trying to tell you, God has called us as a body believers to come together and to recognize the needs that's within our congregation. Second of all, he talks about the reputation. 
As you go back and you look at here in verse 2 and verse 3, he says, I know your willingness about which I boast to you of the Macedonians and the Achaeans was ready a year ago. Your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be made ready. In other words, Paul was more concerned about the reputation than he was about their money. Isn't that amazing? Our giving says a lot about us testimonially. It tells a lot about us as we are, who we are spiritually. This church had boasted for over a year that they were going to give. When you joined this church and you joined as a con- as a member of, to be a part of the congregation of this church, you are saying that I want to support this church. You are saying I want to support it with my attendance. I want to support it with my tithes. I want to support it with my prayers. I want to support it in every way, form, and fashion. Now, now I want you to understand, your reputation is, is at stake. I have said, as I said last Sunday morning, I believe that our giving says more about us than we realize that it does. I think it says something about our church, and I think it says something about us spiritually. You know... I found this rather interesting. Shocking, but interesting. Listen to this. A couple of these statistics. Average church member, and I'm not talking about our church, but I'm talking about all churches put together. The average church member gives 2.5% of their income to the church. That's sad. 2.5%. 91% of Americans make more today than they've ever made in their life. 27% or no excuse me 27 years there have been a decline in per capita giving to our local churches. 17% of the whole church membership only tithe. 17% have never given a dime to the church. 70% have never left anything to the church when they died. What a sad situation. Now, I'm sure that if I was to ask you today, how many of you love the church, every one of you would raise your hand. But I want to just remind you something. That... That when we have vacation Bible school like we had this past week, which I said I believe was one of the best vacation Bible schools that we've ever had. Did you know it costs money to put that on? When our kids went off to camp this past week, did you realize that our church helps support and, and, and gives to making a way for them to be able to go to camp? How does that come about? God just doesn't open up the windows of heaven and pour it out and give it to us. I tell you what he does. He gives it to us through you and through me. And through us, we are able to bless the church by the way that he has blessed us. Ron Blue, a great financial Christian financer, said this, which I thought, man, this is so amazing. He said this. He says that if every single person that was in the local congregation was reduced to welfare and tithe, the receipts would double. 
the receipts would double. I want us to be known as a generous church. I want us to be known that when it comes to a time of need, that there is means to be able to meet that need. We have people that have come into our congregation that's from church membership, from outside of our church membership. I have fallen on hard times. And our church has been faithful in trying to help support them. But I'm sad to say there have been times when people have come lately wanting an assistance that we haven't been able to assist them. Simply because the money was not there. Friend, this is serious times. Did you realize there's churches that have not been blessed near as much as we have? And there's churches today that are literally closing their doors simply because the finances is not there. Friend, I want to remind you, God is not obligated to keep the doors of this church open. He's not obligated. But He has placed you and He's placed me in the midst of this congregation to meet the needs of that congregation. So, the reputation of the church is at stake. I want you to understand, our reputation is at stake. Your reputation is at stake. But let me go on and look at the reasons for giving. Look what he says in verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. See, giving is not a contribution. It's an investment. It is an investment. You are investing in lives. You think about it. We had about, I know of 10 to 12 people, uh, kids that come to know Christ as their Savior this past week. You know what you've done? You invested in their life eternally. And when our church comes together... And we're able to have something such as Vacation Bible School. And we see precious little children come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you give your tithes and offering, you know what you've done? You've invested in the life of that little child. That had it not been for Vacation Bible School, there could have been a good possibility that child may never come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. But our church has a burden. Our church has a desire. Our church has a vision of wanting to reach children and young people and men and women of old for the cause of Christ. And friend, I want you to understand, it takes finances to continue the work of the ministry of this church. So when you give, you're giving as an investment. Now, I want you to understand, God, God operates according to grace. It's by His grace we are able to reap what we're reaping. It's by His grace that He's given us the health to be able to have a job and to be able to work. It's by His grace that we're able to come into the house of the Lord and to be a part of a fellowship of a church. A fellowship, a good church, a church that, that has been known throughout this community and country for over 200 years. God's grace has been amazing upon our lives and He's been amazing upon your life. But have you ever thought about this? When you write a check, an earthly check, 
What you're doing, you're withdrawing. But when you write a check, heavenly, you're depositing. Have you ever thought about that? You're making a deposit in heaven. You're making a deposit for the glory of God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Listen to these verses of Scripture. There is one who scatters and yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Look in verse 25. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. There was a man that said one time, says, I don't understand. It seems like the more you give, the more you have. How, how is that? The man says, well, it's like this. He says, I've got a shovel and I shovel it out. And when I shovel it out, God shovels it in. And here's the difference is, God has a bigger shovel than I do. <laughs> and that's so true, my friend. When you become faithful to the work of God, you become faithful to God's church and faithful to the stewardship of this church. Guess what? God honors that. This is what the Bible is talking about when he talks about that. uh, Go back and look in verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. John Bunyan, that great man of God, made this statement one time. He says, a man, there was a man there was, and they called him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. And I believe that is so true, so true. You know, it's amazing how God works in our life. You're looking for love. Guess what you do? If you give love, you're going to receive love. You're looking for mercy. The more you give mercy, the more you receive mercy. You're looking for grace. The more that you give grace, the more you receive grace. The more that you give, the more you receive This is what the Bible is talking about, that we are responsible of accepting the grace of God in our life and allowing it to be returned to be used for the glory of God. God not only wants to bless us, but he wants to allow us to become a blessing. And that's what I think that he's calling you and calling me to be a part of here today. Well, what is the rule? Look with me, if you would, in verse 7. The rule for their giving. He says in verse 7, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I've I've jotted down about three or four things here as far as a rule of giving. First of all, give thoughtfully. In other words, you should be careful about what you give. You should consider about what you give. My wife and I have made a decision a long time ago that, that the first fruits that comes into our household goes to the house of God. We have considered that. And not only our tithes, but our offerings. We've considered that. We've prayed about that. And we believe with all of our heart that it's biblical and it's a command of God. You should do it thoughtfully. 
It's amazing to me the number of people that have come to me and said, Pastor, let me ask you a question. Should I tithe off of my gross or my net? You ever ask that question? Which do you want to be blessed off of? Sometimes people want to see just how little they can get by. I know some people will will work it out to the very penny of the 10%. But my friend, I want you to understand, when God's grace is sufficient and God supplies and meets our needs, it's far greater than we could ever possibly could ask or think or want. And this is the way that we should be thoughtful in our giving. We should not only be thoughtful, but we should be give willfully, willingly. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly. Now, if you really want to take a uh, survey of your attitude right now, what is your attitude about as I speak? Are you saying, Pastor, it's not your business what I give? Well, the amount that you give, you're exactly right. It's none of my business. But your faithfulness is my business. As your pastor, your under-shepherd, I am required to charge you to be faithful and not to be grudgingly in your giving. If you're going to grudge your giving, the best thing you do is not to give at all because it won't matter anyway. But not to be grudgingly in your giving. Hold with might and main. There are three types of givers. There is the flint, the sponge, and there is the honeycombers. The honeycomb. The flint, you have to strike it as hard as you can with a hammer to get something out of it. There's the sponge, you have to squeeze it as hard as you can to get something out of it. And then there's the honeycomb. Overflows with milk and honey of the love and the grace and the joy of Christ. Give cheerfully. Listen to what the Bible says there in verse 7, which I've already pointed out. God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful literally in the Greek means hilarious. Wouldn't it be something? I would long for the day that when we take up an offering, people would start standing up and start cackling, laughing. Jumping for joy. Praise God! I am giving my tithes and my offerings to the Lord today. Well, the Bible says that a cheerful giver should be hilarious. So therefore, we should give cheerfully. But what about the results of their giving? He says in verse 8, it gives grace. We've already talked about that grace. Look what he says in verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things. You may not know this or not, but I just want to remind you, God doesn't need your money. But you do need His grace. You do need His blessing. You do need His love and His blessings upon you. When you give, God gives. When you withhold, God withholds. And we must understand that. We have a responsibility. Someone says, when you sow, you reap. When you don't, you weep. And I think that is so true. When you sow, you reap. When you don't, you weep. 
God blesses us in such a manner so that we might be able to give and give in a manner that others might be blessed by it. Gives grace. It gives gratitude. Look what the Bible says in verse 10 and following. Now may he supply supplies needs to the sower and the bread for food. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. You know, when you're able to give, you know what you're saying? I've looked at my life and I began to see what God's done in my life. He has blessed me with eternal life. He has blessed me with the Spirit of God. He's blessed me with the Word of God. He's blessed me with the family of God. He has blessed me with health. He has blessed me with a job. He has blessed me with a family. He has blessed me. And we can just go on and on and on and on and on. And so, when you return, as you think about those blessings, there is gratitude that you are demonstrating when you give. As I give my offerings, I am saying, Lord, I thank you for what you've done in my life. And I am showing my gratitude. Gratitude is when you give back, but also it gives glory. Have you ever thought about that when you're giving your, your tithes and your offerings, you're being faithful to the Lord? And that it brings glory and honor to the cause of Christ. Someone said this before. Someone says that when you give, the soul is satisfied. The church is edified. And God is glorified. And I believe that is so true. But you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ is the one that has demonstrated to us the example of giving. Have you ever thought about this? There's three things as you think about the Lord Jesus Christ. When He gave, He gave thoughtfully. The Bible says before the foundations of this earth, He was slain for our sins. Thoughtfully. Knowing you and me in the future that before the foundation of the earth, He gave His only begotten Son. But he not only gave thoughtfully, but he gave willfully. John 3.16, the Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He freely gave. And not only did he give freely, but he gave cheerfully. The Bible reminds us for the joy that was set before him. As he gave. What am I trying to say to you, church? I'm coming to you as your pastor. I'm just asking you to be faithful in your giving. In these next several months, as we go through uh, what we know as summer months, by history it proves that the lowest giving will take place. I'd like to change that. I would like to see our church, instead of being the lowest, be the highest. I really truthfully believe, and I'm just going to share with you my heart today. When Christ came into my heart, and He saved me, 
I didn't have to take a class to teach me that I needed to be a tither and a giver to my church. The Holy Spirit of God placed Himself in my heart and He instructed me immediately that I am a servant of God. You say, well, Pastor, I can't afford to give. Well, you might feel like you can't afford to give, but my friend, you can't afford not to give. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. The Lord says the only time He's ever said it, He said it in the book of, uh, book of Malachi, prove me. Check me out. Test me. Now, I know what it is. I know how hard it can be uh, when it comes down to tithing. The hardest time I've ever had to tithe in my life was when I made $90 a week in my first pastorate. Nine dollars, my tithe. That was some of the hardest tithes that I've ever given. But I was faithful. And God honored that. And God blessed that. And therefore, He rewarded me that I might be able to give more. In the same way in your life, in the same way in the life of our church. So I'm, I, I'm, I just want to ask you a question. Do you tithe? I don't go and check anyone's tithing records. Never have, never will. That's between you and God. But I believe if everybody in our church tithed, we would not have financial problems. I really believe that. So that tells me there are some people in our congregation don't tithe. Now, that's something you need to take up with the Lord. And you need to be honest with the Lord, and the Lord wants you to be honest with Him. If you're not tithing, would you make a commitment today to start? Or at least to be, try to begin to start giving? You say, Pastor, you just don't understand my circumstance. I understand what you're saying, but I understand this. God knows your circumstances. And God will make a way if you will be faithful in your giving. I don't think there's one in this church that don't love this church and that don't love the Lord. I really don't. So I'm challenging you today to take inventory of your life spiritually. I've given this story before, but I'm going to say it again. One of the hardest times that I had was giving was in my seminary days. There was times of times that when I was getting ready to give my tithes, I didn't have any money left to go off to Raleigh to go to seminary. But I made a commitment. I made a commitment that I was going to give my tithes and my offerings. And by God's grace, I did. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. But I want you to understand, my family never missed a meal. We never missed a house payment. We never missed a car payment. For some reason, that old Pontiac just kept on driving and driving and driving and driving. 
those tires continued to roll and roll and roll and roll. For some unknown reason, I don't, I can't explain it. We didn't have the doctor bills. We didn't have the medicine bills. We didn't have those bills that would normally knock you back. What was all that? I believe with all my heart, God honor, was honoring my giving. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. Don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. Young people, you work a part-time job. You're responsible to give your tithes to the Lord. Senior adults, you get your, you get your uh, Social Security church check. You're responsible to give a tithe to the Lord. Mom, Dad, when you go out and work and you work and you come back and you make that money from your labor, your responsibility is to tithe. God will take care of His church. I believe that. I, I'm not concerned about that. God will take care of His church. But God wants to do something in your life spiritually. Amen? Amen. I've just had a little heart-to-heart talk with you this morning as a, a father would with his children. I think that's what God wants us to have here today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, dear Lord, for your word. I thank you for your instructions upon our lives. I thank you, dear Lord, that you give us that responsibility to fulfill. And so, Lord, help us. Convict us. Show us, dear Lord, where we have failed you. And then by your mercy and your grace, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your cleansing. And by your help, help us, dear Lord, to thoughtfully, willfully, in, in a matter of generosity, that we might be able to be faithful in our giving. Lord, I believe that the greatest gift that has ever been given was when God the Father gave you us. What an example. And Lord, one of the greatest things that a person could ever do is to receive, receive you as Lord and Savior. So Father, I pray that today, if there's one here that has never given their heart to you, that's what you want. And you're not wanting their money, you're wanting their heart. And that all these other things will come down the line later on. There's some here today, some of these children who've made decisions of trusting Jesus as their Savior this past week. They need to come forward and to be baptized. Come and give testimony that Christ has come into their life. Lord, there's others that have made that decision. They need to come forward today and to give testimony that Christ has come into their life and to be baptized. So, Lord... Do as you need to do in the working and the lives of your people. Some need to come and unite with this church. Some need to come and just make a commitment to you, saying, Lord, by your grace, I want to be faithful in my giving. So, Lord, have your will and your way in this very special appointed moment. In Jesus we pray. Amen.